This podcast is sponsored by CarePlus Home Health. You just visited with mom and dad, and you notice that their age might finally be catching up with them. CarePlus is your perfect solution. Headquartered in Montgomery County, CarePlus provides affordable in-home care and nursing services all throughout Maryland and the District of Columbia. CarePlus offers a number of services to support your loved ones, including personal care, companionship, meal preparation, and so much more. They can help with running errands and managing doctor visits. They can take mom to the beauty salon or dad to a movie. And CarePlus specializes in Alzheimer's and dementia care. An experienced CarePlus caregiver is the best way to support mom and dad's needs, leaving your family with peace of mind. Call CarePlus today at 301-740-8870. Tell them you heard about this ad on a minor detailed podcast and you will receive a special discount. Call today at 301-740-8870. 8870 and check them out online at careplusinc.com. Today is October the 24th. You have, what, 12 days until this Rockville City election. My name is Ryan Miner. I am now in quiet room number three at the Rockville Memorial Library. Sitting in front of me is the mayor of Rockville, Bridget Newton. She is here to talk about her campaign. She's here to talk about the issues. And I'm excited to have her for the first time. And I believe, Mayor, this is your first podcast. Well, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that we could find a time. I know how busy you are between the election and the city, and your daughter just got married. So congratulations. Nice. I hope it was a nice wedding. Good weather. It was beautiful, yes. Well, welcome to a Minor Detail podcast for the very first time. You are running for re-election for mayor. You were first elected in 2013. You Prior to that, you served on the Rockville City Council, and this year— we, I always try to begin by emphasizing the new way that you have chosen to vote. And I think it's fascinating that Rockville is now going to move into a different direction with the intent to inspire voter turnout, because we know that municipal elections are historically low voter turnout. Are you confident that the mail-in voting system is going to bring about new people to, to the election process? Yeah. How did you all decide on that? And what was the the criteria? Did you look at other municipalities who partake in this process and then decide, hey, I think this is worth a shot? All eyes are on Rockville to make sure you guys get it right. I'm sure you will. And as you're out door knocking, I'm sure you're reminding people, hey, get out there, turn in that ballot, make sure it's postmarked well before November the 5th. But if people choose not to participate in the mail-in ballot, they can still take a trip down to City Hall and cast their ballot in a traditional way, correct? And there's no early voting, right? There's no early voting. Well, vote by mail. Vote by mail. That's that's right, exactly. And I should mention that the mail-in ballot also has prepaid postage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't want to put it in the mail, you can drop it by City Hall. There's a box inside in the lobby and one outside right by the parking lot. But please, please get them 
afternoon. I was door knocking this afternoon as I was telling you and went in and ran into a gentleman and he said, Oh yeah, I gotta get that in. I said, please don't wait. Because if you post if you mail it on the fifth, we won't get it. Oh, yeah, well make sure that- you hear that? The mayor has spoken, folks, <laughs> to the, all the Rockville City residents listening. Make sure you get that in. So, Mayor, prior to coming on to the council, um, tell me about your life and your career. Uh, are you originally from Rockville? No. Um, born in Connecticut um, and raised in Ohio and western Pennsylvania. My father's a retired Presbyterian minister. Oh. And uh, I moved to went to college in Ohio and came to the area to work on the Hill after graduation lived in Alexandria and was dating a person who I'm now married to from uh, school and he lived in Bethesda and he said why don't you try Maryland yeah and so I came to Rockville lived in an apartment at 1001 Rockville Pike and we got married and lived on Azalea Drive and then in 1985 we bought our house and we're in the same house we've been since then wow so my I grew up in western Maryland and I forgot to mention this in other interviews but you know I think we have a connection in the sense that I grew up in Hagerstown, and Dave Geisberts, the former mayor of Hagerstown, who I know well, he's a friend of mine, he's now a Rockville resident. resident. And for the life of me, I honestly thought he would run for something, and so maybe one of these days. I hope one of these days. He's a great guy. And I got to know Dave as mayor uh, when I was a council member. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then we worked together on the mayor's conference, and um, he's a wonderful person. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy, and so he's and he's very smart, and he had some successes in Hagerstown. So, put him to work. Get look, board and commission. Get him to serve on like those umpteen boards and commissions that we that you all talked about last night at the King Farm uh, uh, debate forum, whatever you want to call it. So, wow. So you worked on the hill. My first job out of college, I worked on the hill, and you probably made less than I did when I started out. My salary was twenty six thousand a year. I made less than you did. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad, and I begged my parents for money like every week, and they're like, "You, you got this is not a this is not a sustainable gig. You have you are now a college graduate. Figure it out." And I said, "Okay, well then it looks like I have to leave the hill." And they were like, "Yep, yep, that's exactly what you have to do." Um, you, you mentioned Western Pennsylvania. What where at? A Beaver Falls. Okay, I uh, I went to school in Pittsburgh. Did you really? Yeah, I went to Duquesne. So I'm heading back to Pittsburgh this weekend. I can't wait to visit. Uh, the, I, I love Western Pennsylvania around the fall time. I'm going to go up. I'm going to head up the Turnpike, and it's going to be nice because the leaves are changing. So, and then you've been here since '85, the year that I was born. Well, I've actually been in Rockville since '81. Okay. Bought the house in '85. Oh, bought the same house since '85, and uh, you you have one or two daughters. I have one daughter and one son. Oh wow! And then. Let's talk about your career prior to being on the council. What uh, what kind of line of work were you in? Um, I think I would call myself a volunteer. Okay. Maybe, maybe a professional volunteer. I was very fortunate and was able to stay home um, when our oldest turned one. And I, I stopped working and was home for quite a while. Ended up being a PTA president at Bell Elementary. Um, served on some committees at church. Um, it just all those kind of things. Wasn't really active in the city of Rockville in the political way until um, former Mayor Rose Cresnell asked me to serve on the Compensation Commission, and then I served on a Traffic and Transportation um, Committee for the West End neighborhood that I live in. Then I got involved in the West End Citizens Association, became president of that, then became very involved in the um, Town Center Action Team, which was a group of individuals numbering anywhere from 20 to 100 
that got together on a monthly basis to envision Rockville. What, what did we want to be for the downtown? And that came out of a, a big, wonderful process that Rose Krasnow and her um, deputy, Julia Novak, put together. It was just amazing. And um, I think TCAT lasted maybe eight years, 10 years. Um, and we have a downtown. Now, it is not exactly the way maybe it should have been in terms of it's built a little more like a coop, mm -hmm. which has caused some other problems. But we've got the library downtown. We've got a grocery store downtown. We've got people, uh, shops and restaurants. There are challenges, but we have a lot of opportunities. Just like any major city has challenges, uh, downtown, of course, in Rockville, there's you, you mentioned some amenities. There's excellent restaurants to, to go to. There's wine shops, beer shops, and there's Buffalo Wild Wings. You have the town square. It has the ice skating rink, and there's activities throughout the summer. And I was so glad when Dawson's – I know that you invested in Dawson's, and I'm happy to, that – they did decide to, to 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 remain there. That was a staple of Rockville. And when we read the articles, and when they were closing up, what was that like? How would how did that process work? And um, are you uh, are you glad that uh, are you glad that they're here? I'm sure you are. Yeah. So um, I think it was a shock. I did not realize. I don't think we, we knew that their code was really considering closing the closing up. And it was great that um, Bart jumped in and said, but it was. It was a, how do I want to say this? It just didn't, it wasn't seamless. Yeah. Had we known earlier, maybe it could have been seamless. Dawson's did end up closing, and then there was this effort to see what we could do to help it come back. One of the council members had a suggestion of a grant. Um, that seemed to be amenable to a lot of us, and we really worked hard with Rockville Economic Development Inc. to make it happen, have a process, have criteria, metrics uh, for Dawson's going forward, and I think Bart's done a good job of listening. You know, the people who live in the city and especially in the town center area, you want to be able to walk to things. That's why you moved here. So we're working really hard to make sure that we're bringing in um, the ability for restaurants to, die, to thrive and we need more retail. The ULI reports that we have an abundance of retail. I don't see that. Um, there's not a place that I can go and buy things for an apartment or, or things that you would need pictures. You have Cottage Monet, which is the longest um, shop here. It's been here since the beginning. She is phenomenal. They're doing so much. But we, we need more. And I'd love to have a place for art and you know, more art than, than what we've got. There's an, isn't there an art studio in Rockville Town? Is it Square or Center? The, There's one right here. There's arts. Yeah. They're fabulous. But we need more because then people can come for more than just one thing. Yeah. Um, I want to bounce around just a little bit with issues. You want to talk about issues. But, Mayor, has this campaign to you felt like it's been different from others in the sense that it feels – I was at the King Farm uh, Forum last night, and I, I wanted to come and see the candidates more in a, a linear fashion where they come down the line and answer the questions because I've interviewed many of them, most of them actually – I felt some tension last night, and it, it's been interesting, and I know that you've, you've navigated that, and other candidates have talked about it, and what, what's happening this election that might be a little bit different from other elections? See, I don't remember that one. Yeah. I signed up to serve. I 
bombarded with lies. So um, I, it was a surprise to all of us when I changed my mind and decided to run this time. Uh, I think it's unfortunate that people are going that way, but it may be um, a sign of what's going on at the federal level and people think they can say anything they want. Um, facts don't seem to matter to some, and facts really do matter. So my hope is that the next 12 days, um, people will get their ballots in and the, the voters will say what they want and we'll move forward. Have you, f ha ha has this election, I mean, has it been personal, it, the attacks? Sure. What are the differences? What do you want to do for the city? Um, and, and be factual with the points that you're making. Um, and not just part of the story, but the reasons behind why people vote the way they do is critical. Because when you know why people think and vote the way they do, then it helps to put it in context. Yesterday I interviewed Councilwoman Beryl Feinberg, who is part of the Rockville Forward committee of which you put together and you set a top uh, at the top of the committee as the mayoral candidate and she made reference yesterday to the uh the team rockville's group the can especially the campaign manager that or i guess the somebody who was leading that group had ultimately resigned after they made some accusations against councilwoman feinberg and i went on and and read all about this and that seems to be unfortunate that that was that was really unfortunate. However, the forward rock or rather team Rockville, they did acknowledge that and it looks like that they accepted responsibility and said that that's not the values that they want to portray to the community. And I imagine that that incident was a distraction to all of this, to the issues and I I just want to say for the record that I've I've followed Councilwoman Feinberg's career. I've studied her accomplishments. I've talked to people who know her, and and I I think it's fair to say that n never would anyone even remotely consider her to be a racist. I think that was a very unfair characterization, and it, it's my job as a journalist to put that out there. And, and I completely agree with you. Um, the word that she chose to use was not appropriate, and I wish she wouldn't have used it. But it doesn't need to come back consistently. People make mistakes. Yeah. So issues. Team Rockville and Rockville Forward, what's the differences? And, and and I'm sure you want to talk about that, but let's start. There seems to be major differences or at least some pretty pretty standard differences with housing, affordability. What is your affordability plans for the city and how do they differ from the other committee? Sure, please. I would say that there is not a difference in our desire for affordability across the city. Absolutely not. The difference is in how we do it. Um, so the process. Not just the process, but what, what are you changing to make that happen? So you're requiring builders to build only high-rises. That's the expensive build, right? The minute you go above four or five stories, it's concrete and steel. Much more expensive. So if we would allow a continuum of housing in the city, quads, duplexes, row houses, you know, we have townhouses, we have apartments, we have single family. We don't have a lot of row houses. We don't have the old Pittsburgh, the old Baltimore, Washington ability. You know, if we would change our zoning to allow some of that, to allow duplexes and quads. Um, my husband's from Michigan, you know, in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. There are quads in St. 
the difference. So I think there's a conversation that the community could have. One of the reasons I appreciated Susan Pittman's work so much as the um, president of East Rockville is she changed the conversation there and really allowed people to come and be honest about what their intentions were, what their wishes were, what their fears were. And they came to a consensus that they want to retain the eclectic nature of their neighborhood without losing that in redevelopment and, and um, changes. And I mean, how, how can we all do that across the city? So just to be clear, it's easy to be big. It's better to be, I mean, it's, it's more difficult to be better, but that's what we should be doing. Have you felt at any time that Team Rockville or perhaps any of their committee members have mischaracterized uh, your committee's position on affordable housing? That's moderately priced dwelling units for the acronym. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. No, that's, no, no, that's fine. Sure. That's that 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 would be true. And affordable homes in this area are I hate to say it, it's it's hard to find a, an affordable home and 
from 10, even 15 years ago, where I grew up in Hagerstown, man, uh, you go up 60 miles west and you can find a much more affordable home. So, and that's important. And not only for, you know, young folks that want to relocate in a vibrant city like Rockville, it's a suburb of Washington, D.C. There's ample opportunities for transit into the city and about the county. And that, that's a good segue into talking about the transportation and infrastructure. I remember a few months ago, you stood down with a group of county elected officials and the county executive, and I believe it was right outside of Silver Spring, and they introduced their own uh, multimodal plan. And it was introduced by the county executive and council member Tom Hucker, who's the chairman of the transportation committee here in uh, in Montgomery County. He talked about his plan. And you are on record, of course, as opposing the governor's plan to widen Interstate 270 and 495. But you also, as as a group of uh, elected officials, you introduced a multimodal plan, which uh, I think that people maybe have forgotten about that a little bit. Um, so let's talk about infrastructure. Cars on the road directly impacts your city. And you are pushing for increased transit options. Hopefully the Mark, the Metro, and the Grosvenor Turnback was a huge accomplishment, right? And I know that you supported that. Well, it's 15, 20 minutes that you can spend with your family, 15, 20 minutes that you could exercise or to do anything you want. I got stuck taking that Grosvenor turn back, and it was a pain. And at the end of a a long work day from D.C., you just want to go home, and then you're stuck. So I, I think that that was a... Uh, an accomplishment heralded not only by the city, but that was a joint accomplishment that was a f- really a smart way to address problems that plagued the, the transit system. So what else, Mayor? What else do you want to see accomplished for the city? Well, you mentioned the mark. I would love to see the mark um, increase in service uh, during the day. I'd love to see another stop. Um, Could you build it in Rockville? Is that something that you could get behind? I'm already behind it. I think it's fabulous. Have we seen the finances, though? No, but, I mean, I haven't seen the number numbers, but I have talked to the person, Bob, who's putting it together, and I think if we're going to put all this money into road and tolls and whatnot, let's talk about this. Because, um, what is it, transit repays itself 400 times over, and it would take away a lot of the problem with traffic, with the environmental, put a hiker biker trail underneath we already you know have the right of way it doesn't have to be built widening the road widening 270 doesn't have to happen it could be a game changer but we can't even get it discussed 
So as a former Hagerstown resident, I've often thought and considered how can we get the metro to expand to Frederick. And I hear from traffic engineers, I hear from really smart people that it would be possible, but it would be extraordinarily expensive. So I have seen this monorail plan. And it looks like on the surface, other major cities do this. And I think that we could do this. And as 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 many cars on the road think about how much that would alleviate people from western maryland there's there's a major accident today on 70 that was a that was a, a fatality and my parents my mom works in frederick at fort dietrich they they drive back and forth my stepfather works in twinbrook comes down from hagerstown every day imagine if we opened up the monorail that connected directly into shady grove or another station Man, wouldn't that be a visionary accomplishment? Wouldn't it be? And think how, how much quality of life would improve for people, would help the environment. And another interesting point, I also am very concerned about widening the American Legion Bridge. Yes, we need more space to, or more um, ability to get people back and forth, but you're putting all your eggs in one basket. The widening. Yeah. So um, there is no place really to do a bridge farther north. Maybe there's not the political will either. Would you support a second bridge over the Potomac? I would, especially if it was a monorail. Boy, that's a tough position to take in a county like this. It is, but I also think of all the people that come from, uh, you know, Hagerstown, Frederick, whatnot. As the chair of the Transportation Planning Board, you know, I said this is a regional problem. This is a regional issue. The issue isn't just the Beltway now. We're Frederick. We're uh, Richmond. We're Baltimore. We kind of think about everybody. It, it, we have to think about what's the best way to get, you know, even from Rockville, Maryland, to Ocean City, Maryland. And you took a position that's tough. And I'll give you credit for it, and I'll tell you why. is because it, it, takes pol- it, it takes political courage to say that in Montgomery County. A second bridge is needed, okay? I, I don't care. I've looked at multiple studies. If it, can be, if it can be accomplished, it would be an absolute game changer to— at least curtail the traffic situation, especially in Up County. I'm not saying take a bridge directly through the center of Polesville because that's never going to happen. And we have this wonderful thing in Up County called the Ag Reserve. And there is no bigger supporter than the Ag Reserve than my family. We take advantage of it. And by the way, these are all nonpartisan issues, which is great. You know, I, I could sit and talk to you. We, we could talk all day about these uh, these big issues. But you're, you're exactly right. If if we can, if there's a visionary plan to, to to accomplish this, then it just takes political courage to make it happen. And I, and I think when you talk about political courage, sorry, that's one reason why we have to stay nonpartisan. That's why there are only three partisan municipalities in the state of Maryland, and one of which is considering maybe going nonpartisan. You get more done when people. Is that Frederick? I think Fred, Frederick runs on partisan platforms. It's interesting. And, and I asked Mike O'Connor, who's the mayor up there, I said, well, you know, why, why don't you guys go to the nonpartisan? And I think he, I think he would be supportive of that. Yeah, I, I, and I wasn't thinking of them, but that would be great. Because you can get more done if people take off the label mm-hmm. and worry about what's really important. There's not a Republican solution to transit mayor. There's not a Democratic solution to ensuring that buses are able to travel unencumbered and unimpeded down 270. I've never seen any Republican or Democrat come out with a better idea strictly based on 
party line. I mean, that's nuts to me. And that's exactly what's wrong in Washington. I see these politicians every day, and you, you, you you have one party that says, well, we got this great idea, and then they refuse to acknowledge the other party's idea, even though it's a good idea, because if they did, then they would take a political hit from their you know, respective base. And I look at myself and I'm thinking, thank God I'm a registered unaffiliated because I could not deal with that. <laughs> well, and I get that. Who do you vote for in the, um, in the primary? Well, yeah, that's yeah. the, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah. I, you know, and it's... And that may be a problem we could solve by having open primaries. Uh, I, yes, I think that independents should have a voice. Yeah, there's and the extremes have have been most vocal, and you know I, I want to mention something too. There's outside groups involved in this. I, I've seen many, and I, to me that seems unsurprising for a municipal election. Now I can understand if there's environmental groups that want to talk about who they think the best candidate. But what what are your thoughts on that? Uh, for some of the envi- rather some of the outside groups who have. Uh, Maybe targeted your campaign and your committee's campaign. What what do you make of that? Well, I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I think it's unfortunate because the people who are making the decisions should be Rockville voters. I am honored um, to be supported and endorsed by four former Rockville mayors: Doug Duncan, Larry Giamo, um, Jim Coyle, and Steve Van Graff. That's what's important. Those people got elected by the people to serve the city as mayor. Their their um, opinion is very important. So I, um, I think it's unfortunate, and I will just say the Committee for Transit, I mean, they never even talked to me. So as the former chair of the Transportation Commission Committee, I'm sorry, <laughs> the board, you would think that they would want to ask me, what did you do? And not just go on certain things that got passed by the board. We made major changes when I was chair, major changes in how we are looking at things and how we are trying to move this region forward um, with housing, with the environment, with transportation. It's not gonna change overnight that we ought to pull in the same direction. Mayor, last night your opponent, Virginia Onley, at her closing statement made a number of statements that clearly showed how she differed from you. Do you wanna, I felt like last night you didn't get the full minute or two minutes to respond, I think it was a minute or so, to respond to some of those uh, characterizations of your position. So would you like the opportunity to respond now? You know, Ryan, it's a fine line. Um, I will say that um, Virginia had some things to say that weren't true, and I think um, I am just going to go on the issues and not on rebutting what people said. Um, You know, it's a waste of time. Look at my record. Look Look at the way I run the meetings. Look at how I'm out and about representing the voters in the city of Rockville um, all the time. I work all the time, and I love it. I love the bridges that we've um, built and the the partnerships that we've been able to do. I'm the one who put the uh, coalition together to, well, not the coalition, but the, um, whatever it's called. (laughs) Well, it's a, some people call it a slate, but. Mm-hmm. We were going to lose 
lose Clean Brook Quarter because we were getting caught in a unfortunate um, vote count. And I wanted to make sure that we got Twin Brook Quarter. That's what the people wanted. We have an opportunity for a land bridge to connect Twin Brook to uh, the, the pike and the development that's coming. Um, and so we put together a vote group for the APFO. I got that done. That's not, that doesn't happen without a lot of tenacity and you know relationship building among people. And, and one of the people that was on it was Monique Ashton. She did a fabulous job. And I saw how she brought people together and listened and talked. So that's what it's about. Monique, I interviewed her a few days ago, actually, I think on Monday, and we talked a lot about education. And she seems very knowledgeable with that respect, and she certainly knows her clusters, and uh, she's involved with that. Tell me about how Rockville as a city can become better partners with MCPS, and what can we do to look at issues like overcrowding, because look, you have no jurisdiction over public schools, but you can be an advocate, you can be a champion, and you can stand with your board of education partners to recommend what you think are the best policies for your city schools. Tell me about that. Well, you can't do anything with policies for city schools because that's all on the board, but what you can do is about size. And I worked very hard to get Bayard Reston built to 740 and not 620. To the very last minute, the former facilities director was like, nope, we can't do it, can't do it. I said, you're crazy. Look at all the growth in Rockville. Not in building growth, but in turnover in our existing homes, in the projects that have already been approved to come in. The development is coming. We need the infrastructure in our schools to be able to handle it. Bayard Rustin is one year in, and they're already almost at 100%. So I really don't want to move beyond, I wanted to stay at 100, we moved to 120. I don't want to go beyond 120. We had to find a way to allow a great um, project to come in, Twimber Quarter, and not change the APFO. And going forward, it's about the relationships. It's about being able to sit down with people and say, how do we partner with you? The city has a great track record of giving an additional money to MCPS for, the, for larger gyms. It helps the school, it helps us, it gives us community space, um, and, and we've got to keep doing that. So. Those are the relationships that we need to build, and we need to find ways that support MCPS and their needs and goals and, and help the city of Rockville at the same time. I understand there's this interesting issue that I was just brought to my attention by some of the candidates that this deer issue, <laughs> and we laugh, but that Mark Silverstein, who was the moderator of last night's King Farm Forum, asked the audience, do you want to talk about the deer issue? And people groaned, and it sounds like that it's been discussed pretty ad nauseum. So wh- what, are you, what are your positions on the deer issue? Because maybe people are wondering. Um, okay, so this has been a 10-year issue. <laughs> yeah. to the smaller animals, uh, you see a lot less of our other um, 
And for people who may not understand what calling is, and that is we are exterminating Bambi. <laughs> And, and that's and that's unfortunate, but you are right. And Montgomery County as a whole has a massive problem with deer. There's there's deer in our front yard, and and we live in a, you know, we're kind of in an urban area. Us too. And I will tell you, Montgomery County already does have a culling program mm-hmm. in some of the parks, and we need to partner with them. And, and uh, it's a nice way to say it. Whether it'll help, I don't know, but we need to do something. So last night. Uh, you talked about some individual communities, but specifically King Farm. Beautiful neighborhood, yeah. really. I, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, let's talk about some of the differences, uh, kind of the individualized positions and issues happening in these specific communities. So you, might you want to address that now um, about what's happening around, around town, so to speak? Sure. Were you disappointed when they when the governor said that he wanted to get rid of that? Uh, no, like I said last night, um, I think we need to listen to our community, and they've been asking for ten years for us not to run a CCT down the middle of Kingfront Boulevard to further divide that community in two. Incidentally, it was going to be a hundred million dollars for the flyover bridge to get the CCT down Kingfront Boulevard. I think the better idea that um, our county executive Elrich is proposing and to is to continue the CCT again, put it back on the consolidated transportation plan, but put it down Shady Grove Road. It would be an economic engine for Shady Grove Road. It would help the hospital. It could then go back to the Life Sciences Center and help. We've got a huge project coming in the Shady Grove neighborhood. That's, I think, what they're called, Shady Grove neighborhood. And 1,800 units, let's give them a transit option to go to the metro, to town center, to wherever. So the CCT then I think would be more viable and, and more um, beneficial to, to more people. Um, so I definitely that. And the second one I think is the King Farm Farmstead. We did have a proposal that came forward. It sounded great in the beginning. Unfortunately, they wanted a 100-year lease. The numbers kept changing. There were enough things that were not perfect um, and not that you should let perfect stand in the way of good, but wasn't willing to give up one of Rockville's historic treasures for 100 years. We want something that's really going to benefit the community. It's for all of Rockville, but it immediately impacts King Farm. Let's keep thinking. As you mentioned earlier about visions, my vision for there is that we have something that is a um, community gathering place. Um, Perhaps it's on a year-round farmer's market. Perhaps there's a um, brewery or something that comes in that gives people a place to go. Music. I mean, not big gangbuster stuff. <laughs> a nice, quality place that people could go and spend a weekend afternoon. Or something. Those breweries are popping. They're 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 just popping up all over the place. There's one right off of our nearby Taft Court, mm-hmm. and there's I know that uh, I I work with the the comptroller's office in in the sense that I I I get a lot of updates with. Um, what what they're doing on the reform on tap initiative where they're looking to reduce the regulations for some of these micro breweries and and that's been a big deal and they bring in significant commerce for the city it's great it's a good place to hang out and these are small businesses in action and so 
That begs the question. Let's talk about some economic development issues. What do you? What's your? What's the development plan? What's the economics of bringing in some new small businesses, and how can the city help? So, great, great question. I have for a long time talked about an arts and culture district in the city. Yeah. Having something that's you know organic and coming up, and Stone Street would be a great location for something like that, along with housing and, and other um, amenities and opportunities. I'm all about small business. My husband's a small business owner. Um, and has been for 20, no, two years now, not, anyway, he's owned his own business for a while. Um, to do that, and I have tried to talk about having a small business incentive fund for small businesses to come in to help with rent abatement. Um, you look at Town Square, how expensive the rents are. I think Frederick did a great thing in not tearing down a downtown because you don't have to spend so much. Um, and you can have independent needs to look at if we want that, how are we going to help support it? Do you see Frederick as a model for Rockville? I think it's too late for Rockville in that regard because we don't have those kind of organic buildings left, but we could help create them. I think if we go to what I was talking about in terms of housing, if you go to loft apartments and things, you know, you get that kind of gritty apartment that um, people, people like and appreciate, and it's a nod to what used to be here, but you also have space artists, makers, those kind of things to be in there as well. Mayor, let's talk about public safety. And I have to bring up my old hometown of Hagerstown again. And I got to tell you, Chief Brito, good pick. Very good pick. Good guy. Came down from Hagerstown. He lives in Rockville. I was a big fan when he was up in Hagerstown and he had a tough job there. But um, what are your thoughts? Right. It's a city manager's decision. I support it. I think it's great. Um, he's got big shoes to fill and seems to be doing it. Um, we had a former chief, uh, Terry Treasure, for 27 years. Terry brought uh, community policing to the city of Rockville and really did a wonderful job with inclusion and, and making sure things were safe. Um, the chief has been instrumental in my vision for an opioid task force. Um, we don't have the problem in Rockville that Hagerstown had, but it's personal. My husband and I lost his brother, and um, I think until it hits you, a lot of people yeah. think it's somebody else's problem. It's everybody's problem, and so I think the chief has um, really been supportive of helping the city go in that in directions of even more inclusion and working with our partners of the county. Um, we, we've got a lot to do, but we are a safe city. I want to stay that way. We need more officers. Um, we need probably more patrol officers as well so that we have more people out there not looking to get tickets, <laughs> but looking to provide that community touch and safety for people who need to come. Speaking of more public servants, what are your thoughts on increasing the amount of council members? Actually, I would, I would support it, but it shouldn't be made by the body that's running. And that well, that would make sense. represent each and every person in the city, not just our neighborhood. 
Right. And I could see situations where it might not be beneficial to, you know, to everybody if you had districts. Um, but I, I wanted to have the conversation. What else should we be looking at? And one of the people said the other day that you should have a charter review commission every 10 years. I think that's right. You know, you, as we grow, it's always good to take a, take a check, re-examine what's working, what do we need to tweak, and do that. So I absolutely support more council members. Right, and another issue is that when they, when Julie Polakovich Carr was elected to the Maryland House of Delegates, her seat on the Rockville Council became a vacancy, and we know how that turned out. It didn't. Well, and why? Because you had four council members. No. Or. Monique's, of course, part of your committee. Correct. Right. Um, James Hedrick is running. You know, he, he's now on the other side. I think that I, I think that had we done things a little bit differently, we could have solved that issue. But once again, it's about being willing to have the conversation and not thinking everything is the way. I mean, not having to have everything the way you want it. It's well, maybe this will work. Maybe this will work. It's flexibility. We need to be. We need to be. What's the structure of the mayor and council here? Is it a weaker mayor system? Uh, of course, you have a city manager who see, it looks like you have a weak mayor and council and a strong city manager system. So that's not in the charter. The charter says it's a council manager form of government. Mm-hmm. I think it's instructive that the term council is first. Um, I think we have a system that doesn't work as well right now, but if we had five willing people or seven willing people, people willing to come to the table having done their homework, open to ideas, open to talking about things, open to hearing, it could be perfect. It could well, never be perfect, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could really work well. Um, I like the way certain um, jurisdictions, some of which we've mentioned, they talk about things, and they actually get a lot done because they don't, they don't just say no because it's not my idea. They say, yeah, that's a great idea. And you're, you're hoping, of course, with creating your committee that you'll have like-minded people who share your vision rather than what seems to be a stalemate almost on your own count. I haven't watched your meetings. I, I haven't, and I'm completely outside and, an objective observer. But as I said, though, Mayor, whew, last night it, there, I did feel tension, and it's unfortunate because you're municipal officials. You're not making a whole lot of money, and you're here to serve the constituents of Rockville, but it just feels unnecessary. It is unnecessary. And, and I will say that the five of us on Rockville Forward, we are a coalition of the willing. We don't all share the same vision. And you didn't ask anybody to sign any... Absolutely not. I, I only said that I hope we will all be respectful and that we will all bring our best selves to the table. Have you been accused of that? Uh, I, there was a report, though, however, that the other team didn't ask people to 
sign on to specific policy positions, but they did refute that. Well, you formed your own. I did. <laughs> and I did it because I really, number one, I've watched these four individuals over the past several years. Juan is an attorney with Social Security Administration. He also serves on our financial advisory board, and I watched him, which is where I've watched him, and I watched him in K-Farm and how he brought to the External Affairs Committee um, a youthful, um, a first-generation American's perspective, very much needed in the city of Rockville. 21% of our community is Asian. We need to open our doors a little bit wider, give people more ability to come in. You know, I think while we think we are inclusive, you have to you have to walk the walk. And by allowing people to serve, encouraging people to serve, we have demonstrated that that can happen. Um, Susan Pittman, I watched her for five years in East Rockville, and what she got done there hadn't been done for decades. Beryl, of course, Beryl ran with Team Rockville in 2013. And, you know, over the years, we really realized, wow, there are things we could do if we work together. We don't always agree, it's obvious. Um, we don't support each other unless we agree with each other. Um, so there's no rubber stamp. And it's civil. And yeah. it's civil. Yeah, they talked about civility last night. And it, it's unfortunate when your colleagues or, you know, you go to work, this is a job. You go to work and you don't like the people you work with. And that's unfortunate. And it, it would obviously help the, the city and if everybody would, would get along. We know that that's not going to happen always in politics, but the key word is civility. And that's, that's what I've been taught from a young age. It's, it's great. I have to tell you, I was there this past year, and I saw the author that wrote a book about Barbara Bush. Um, I believe her, her name is Susan Page, and I bought my wife a book. It was, it, it's an extraordinary event. It is. And I see Rockville having that same promise to do we event. Do. We have that promise, and uh, I, I hope to help foster it. Mayor, uh, couple, a week and a half left the election, you'll know the results November 5th. People still have an opportunity to vote, listen to this podcast. And so what do you think people, as the mayor, what do you think people are going to remember as they go in and or sit at their kitchen table and check off that box um, about your tenure so far? What do you want them to know about you? So let's not try to change it overnight. We are a city. 
city of neighborhoods, and that includes the town center neighborhood. We are a city of neighborhoods. We are a city of inclusivity, and we need to celebrate that and honor it by working together. And that's what I hope they they see when, when they go to vote is what I've tried to do. Some of the ideas I've had have, have actually come to, to fruition. Others I have, the arts district, the uh, village green idea I have for 355, which would put the cars underneath and give us a real connector, mm. um, murals on the underpass, things like that, a land bridge for Twinbrook. There's a lot of things we could do if we pull in the same direction. Mayor Bridget Newton running for re-election for the city of Rockville. Mayor, what's your website? <laughs> Bridgetformayor.com. I know you're on Facebook and social media, Twitters, and please, please. Well, that's most important. The Nats are looking hot this year. I got to tell you, I saw that game last night. Unbelievable. They have gone all the way. They have given the Astros a run for the money. And I'm a Red Sox fan, but I have to root for the home team. You have to. You can't not live in outside of Washington, D.C. and not look at, at this as one of the biggest and best comeback stories in the history of baseball. If it is, then I bet that somebody's going to be going out and partying in these Rockville establishments. And if I can make a plug, my wife and I, we love lots of places. We come to eat a lot in Rockville. We live in Gaithersburg. And I tell, I tell Judd Ashman, I said, listen, you guys have great restaurants, but we often find ourselves down at Clyde's. All the, it's, it's my wife and I's. It's our date night. That's where we go. It's our spot. And we just found the back. We usually sit at the back bar, quiet. We order our meal. And sometimes we'll take the kids over. But I, I tell you what, that neighborhood over there, the, the Tower Oaks, that's a pretty cool place. Clyde's is a great restaurant. There's a whole bunch of new places that are sprouting up all over the city. What about you? What's your favorite place to go? Oh, I couldn't pick a favorite. Well, you can't because you're the mayor. you got to say you like them all. I, I do. I like <laughs> Yeah. Okay. But we have El Mariachi. Phenomenal. But we need one in town center. People talk about that all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I like a good Mexican meal. So. Go to El Mariachi. They're wonderful. I will. I, listen, towns, I'm down here a lot. And, um, you know, Gordon Beers is pretty good for lunch. But I like the mom, mom and pop shops. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, and El Mariachi is a mom and pop. They're over in the Ritchie Center. I like that new spot. It's uh, it's Poor Me Vino or the Vino. Yeah, poor Vino. Good spot. Lo- locally owned business, and it's a. I, I would encourage people to go there early, often. I did a happy hour event there, so you gotta. You know what? Even though that the downtown, the downtown area, it it, it it's it's a, it could use improvement, but you got a lot going on down here. Do. You really do. Yeah, do. And with the right vision, I think that you guys can take it home. So, Mayor, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for spending the last hour with me on the podcast. And going forward, best of luck to you.
Thank you for listening to a Minor Detail podcast. Remember to call Care Plus Home Health today at 301-740-8870. Discover how they can help mom and dad or an aging family member live safer and healthy inside their home.